You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. Well, now joining us on Book TV is Naomi Brockwell. Naomi Brockwell, who is Bitcoin Girl? <laughs> Apparently it's me. <laughs> what does that mean? So many, many years ago, I first got involved in Bitcoin, loved it, loved the idea of competing currencies and fell madly in love with the tech. And I, um, I started a series making educational videos about Bitcoin. And then I made a music video where I did a cover of uh, Uptown Girl, but did it Bitcoin Girl. And since then, the name has kind of stuck and there's nothing I can do to shake it, but that's okay. I'm, I'm happy to be associated in, with Bitcoin in any way that people want to associate me. And in fact, you've written a children's book about Bitcoin, which we'll get to in a minute, but why, why such a fan of Bitcoin? I fell in love with it because I love the idea of the private sector coming up with money, having competing currency. We've had a government monopoly on the money supply for a really long time. We've seen no innovation in it uh, for forever. And suddenly Bitcoin comes along and created a currency for the digital age, a digital currency, and created a global currency for a global marketplace. And that's a, that's a revolution. I mean, they figured out how to make digital assets unable to be reproduced. So for me, it's been this fascinating journey where I, I get to emcee a lot of conferences in the blockchain space. Um, I work full time with my show talking about blockchain tech and Bitcoin. And just the more I learn about it, the more I realize that this is a freedom for, uh, this is a revolution for people and it's a, it's a freedom revolution because I don't think we've taken a bigger step towards freedom in the last hundred years than with Bitcoin because we've created something that gives people back financial autonomy. You no longer need permission to make purchases. You no longer need permission to have a bank account. You no longer need permission to make choices about your life. You have a currency that the government can't control. And I think that's really exciting, especially for countries uh, where you have really awful people, you know, you're leading the country, where you have dictators, where you have people starving in the streets. Bitcoin has been a lifeline uh, for a lot of people around the world. Is there a downside to Bitcoin? Such I mean, there's a downside terrorism to everything. And oh, for sure. I mean, um, there's a downside to any sort of tech. I think the tech is neutral and it's the people that use it that you have to assess. So obviously, with any revolutionary tech, you're going to have people want to use it for their own means. You're going to have people who want to make purchases anonymously. We have to keep in mind that Bitcoin is a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the money laundering marketplace, of the drug marketplace, the vast majority of all of that gets done with the US dollar. And uh, you don't see many people condemning the US dollar and saying, we need to ban it, we need to get rid of it because it's an awful tool for terrorists. It is an awful tool for terrorists, uh, but it's also an amazing tool for uh, everyday people the same way that, that Bitcoin is. What is a blockchain? What is a blockchain? A blo the blockchain is uh, the protocol underpinning Bitcoin. So it's what makes it possible for us to have digital assets that can't be reproduced. You can think of it sort of like um, a ledger system, like a magic ledger that when one person writes something down in their ledger, it appears in all these different ledgers all over the world. And so what happens is it solves the problem of uh, people making mistakes with uh, notarizing things. You know, if you have all these people who are very that what you're, you're writing down is correct and then it's appearing simultaneously all over the world. You have an account that can't be erased. You know, you can, you can put, put uh, information down that no one can get rid of. It's immutable. So it's a really great resource that is now being applied to all kind of, kinds of different sectors. 
Now, how many types of Bitcoin are there? Types of Bitcoin. So um, there are lots of different types of digital currencies. Once Bitcoin was uh, Bitcoin is a is is a, 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 a is a brand, isn't it? Bitcoin was the original cryptocurrency uh, that created, that invented the blockchain. And since then, people have used the same blockchain technology and created a whole lot of different crypto coins. So is Bitcoin a generic word or is it a, like saying Chrysler or? I think it's used often as a generic word. It shouldn't be because it applies to a very specific thing, but a lot of people use it uh, as a substitute for saying cryptocurrency. When we say, is this a, you know, the Bitcoin revolution? I think what people are referring to is, this is a blockchain revolution or this is a digital currency revolution because there are really exciting things coming out, not just in Bitcoin, which I think is probably the most exciting thing at the moment, um, but there are lots of really cool things being done in the space. So how many cryptocurrencies are currently being developed or out there in the market? Goodness, it's it's very hard to know because it's easy for people to create their own currencies, create their own tokens, um, and to use blockchain tech in different ways other than in currencies. So, I mean, I would say there are thousands at least of, of currencies out there. But the thing with money is that you need a network effect. So people don't use these things as money um, unless you have a lot of people using them. So there are a few very predominant coins out there, uh, such as you know Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Zcash, uh, Ethereum, uh, or Ether. So there are a few ones that a lot of people go to that um, are doing some very exciting things. And uh, then there are lots of really bad ones that <laughs> no one's looking at. And uh, uh, some of them are disingenuous as well. So you've got to be careful out there. It's a, so it's a marketplace. It's a marketplace. And at the moment, it's, uh, there's very little regulation in that marketplace. So it's up to the individual to take responsibility, not invest more than they're willing to lose this is a this is a brand new territory that people are discovering for the first time so I think it's really important for people to do due diligence to research products before you know jumping in with with everything that they they have I really encourage everyone who asks me questions about this you need a you need to research it if you don't feel that you understand it enough maybe don't get involved it's it's not for everyone not everyone has to get involved for those who want to understand it and learn more it's a very exciting world and I encourage people to you know, pick their curiosity a little bit and see what's out there because it's it's a really exciting landscape. Is it a threat to the sovereignty of nation states? It could be potentially, and that's uh, that's why it was initially created. You actually look at the white paper and you see a lot of writing and back and forth in in uh, email threads about why it was created, and it was created as a way to uh, circumvent the government control of money. It came about just after you know the TARP bailouts, and you had government bailing out all of these big banks and you had people being really disillusioned you know what is the government doing to our money and um, we know that we're losing two percent of our money every year with inflation anyway so if you're putting your money in the bank and you're thinking it's safe it's really not because it's disappearing uh, every single year you've got a little bit of that that less of that value and so Bitcoin came around with a lot of uh, people who are angry at the system and angry at why we're bailing out all these big banks um, when we shouldn't be they should be taking responsibility for their decisions and so someone came up with this idea someone by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto put out this white paper and we don't actually know the real identity of Satoshi. Do you have a 
Do you have suspicions? About I think we all have suspicions, uh, but I mean, I'm, I, I don't really like to say anything. I think it's very important that uh, this anonymity remains because what tends to happen is we idealize, uh, I, we idolize people, and we put them on this pedestal, and we also create focal points for you know governments to attack or slander, and, and just having someone who wanted to remain anonymous and who said, "Here's this tool. It's going to give you a lot of freedom, and it's going to protect your money more than the government is protecting your money." And I think it's important to keep that anonymity. In your children's book, Billy's Bitcoin, is Fred the big bad government? <laughs> well, you can you can read an uh, analogy into that. Um, Fred is potentially the big bad government. Billy's Bitcoin was more about normalizing uh, Bitcoin. We wrote it at a time when no one was talking about it. And anytime you did hear anything about it, it was about the money launderers and the drug dealers and these bad people. And that's the only time the word would ever come up. Um, I'd go home back to Australia. I live in New York now, but I'd go back there and I'd be talking about Bitcoin and people would be saying, what? I've never heard of that. What is this thing? And so this children's book was a way for us to normalize the word. Just get it in the everyday vernacular. It wasn't about saying this is how the tech side works or anything. It's just about saying this is something you could use in your everyday life, the same way you use a computer, the same way you use your Visa debit card. You don't need to understand the ins and outs of how it works. You just need to know that it's there and there are a lot of tools for understanding how it works and uh, it's very easy to use. So just getting people talking about it, getting it normalized, creating a children's book where he uses this money and he's able to get away from the, the school bully. I think it's a good way to um, introduce people from a young age without swamping them with details they don't need to know about. And here's the book cover, Billy's Bitcoin, Naomi Brockwell, and who is your writing partner? So Jason Chatfield, he's an amazing artist from Australia. He now lives in New York, but he uh, he's the artist for the longest-running comic strip in Australia called Ginger Megs. He's a very he's one of the probably the most predominant uh, cartoonists in Australia. So we had a lot of fun putting this together. Thank you for joining us on Book TV. Thank you so much for having me. For extra material and any links mentioned in this podcast, please visit naomibrockwell.com. If you'd like to watch the video version, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute or DTube. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future.